In the entertainment capital of the world, it's the T.C. Martin Show. We are seeing a special performance in this first half tonight. The doctor operates here. Well, he has trouble with the spin. To get your daily prescription from the doctor, T.C. Martin. Hey, it was BYOG bring your own guts. And they brought some guts and some heart, and they never quit. The doctor is now in. And a happy Monday to you. Back from a week off, an elongated Thanksgiving Day weekend for most. I got a lot to say. Been gone a while. And we had a lot of sports happening here, not only in Las Vegas, but just throughout everywhere. It doesn't matter what it was. We're talking college football, the NFL, college basketball, UNLV in action, of course, Raiders, the NFL. Oh, yes. Goes on and on to the break of dawn. Glad to have you here on this Monday as uh, we kick off the post-Thanksgiving week, uh, head into December, and we get ready for a another big weekend here in Las Vegas. This time... We concentrate on the football side. The Pac-12 championship game coming up Friday at Allegiant Stadium. Looking forward to that, even though it's probably not the most high-profile game with Oregon and Utah. Two very good teams. Two top 20 teams uh, will be good. It'll be at Allegiant Stadium. It'll be the first time that the Pac-12 will be hosting their championship game here at Allegiant Stadium. As we know, the Pac-12 moved their championships to Vegas many, many years ago and has been over at T-Mobile Arena for the last four or five uh, years after being at the MGM Grand for several years before that. So Pac-12 fully invested here in Las Vegas. So looking forward to that on Friday. And then, of course... Sunday, Raiders back in action against the Washington football team. A 105 kickoff there. And all of a sudden now the Raiders a little rejuvenated after their victory on Thanksgiving Day in Dallas where they get the victory over the Cowboys 36-33 in overtime. So a lot to cover, a lot to do. Uh, on the show today, Heidi Fang will join us. Uh, she was there in Dallas, so we'll, we'll get Heidi's thoughts for seeing the game up close and personal there in Jerry's world. And also, of course, it was Thanksgiving. So when we talked to Heidi last week, remember we she promised us a tailgating update. Did she get a piece of the turducken? So we'll have some fun with her, talk, uh, talk with her about that. Uh, Matthew Holt uh, will join us. He's back in New York City. Uh, he's traveling all around. So uh, we'll get his thoughts. And a big day uh, on Sunday for the favorites. And if you throw Thursday's football games in there, the three games as well, too. Three, uh, two out of three favorites win there. So, uh, yeah, we'll get his thoughts on that. Kevin Kruger will join us, the UNLV head coach. And UNLV, uh, a very busy week on the hardwood between playing at T-Mobile Arena, the two games, Michigan and Wichita State. Uh, then they got to go back to the Thomas and Mack Center, play UCLA on Saturday, throw in a romp over Whittier in between that. So four games in about an eight-day span for UNLV. Kevin Kruger will join us today, so we'll get his thoughts. So, yes, uh, action-packed show again. And uh, first and foremost, want to thank C. Wynn, Chris Wynn, for filling in for me while I was gone uh, in sack for a few days. Uh, did a fantastic job, as he always does. Uh, lining up uh, 
a lot of uh, good local guests as well. So C-Win, appreciate you as always, my man, for uh, stepping up, taking care of, of business and, uh, and filling in and carrying the torch, carrying the banner uh, for the show while I was away. Uh, but I did get back here um, on Wednesday night and uh, had to be here, of course, for Thanksgiving and also be here for one of the greatest college basketball games that uh, I've seen. And not so much just a great college basketball game, but really for the college basketball atmosphere between Duke and Gonzaga. And think about this. We're talking about an extremely busy, crazy, diversified, long weekend of sports, uh, especially here in Vegas. But uh, Thursday, you had Thanksgiving football. You had three NFL games. And, of course, you had a college football game as well with Ole Miss and, and Mississippi State in the Egg Bowl there. So you had the Raiders, even though they were in Dallas. Uh, it, it was great to see the Raiders get that victory, 36-33. to We'll dive into all of that here uh, this segment, so hang tight for that. So then Friday, you go ahead and you get 16 college football games on the docket, including UNLV playing Air Force. And you notice how my voice drops a little bit there as I UNLV versus Air Force. Because UNLV ends the season on a dismal note again, losing 48-14 to as Air Force drilled them up in Colorado Springs. So just an atrocious performance by the Rebels to close out their season Marcus Arroyo, a two-win season, just bad. Just bad. But despite that, you had that going on Friday. But then, like I said, the highlight was Friday night for college basketball royalty. You, and it was the mecca. It was, it was like being in Madison Square Garden you know, for uh, a Big East tournament or a primetime Knicks game like back in the day. Uh, that's what it was. You had number one Gonzaga and number five Duke, and we know that Gonzaga, no stranger to Las Vegas. They travel well. They bring their throngs of fans here each and every year to the Orleans for the WCC Conference Tournament uh, where they dominate. They usually bring anywhere from five to 8,000. Uh, they brought about that same amount of crowd at T-Mobile Arena. It was sold out. It was the largest crowd in history of Nevada. For a basketball game. 20,389. And being there, being on the floor, electric. That's all I got to say. It was fantastic. And I wasn't exactly sure how this was going to play out. Now, Duke travels exceptionally well, too. When Duke was here two seasons ago, they played UNLV. They packed T-Mobile Arena. And, and Duke had been you know, back here before, but very sparingly. Uh, but we know that Duke travels well. I could not believe, well, I should not say, I could not believe. I can believe. All of the goofballs that came in from out of town that were wearing Duke blue, and yeah, the Gonzaga red, white, and blue as well too. But this place was packed full of tourists Friday night at T-Mobile Arena, hence the 20,389, the uh, record-setting crowd there at T-Mobile for this game. And a great job again. By BD Global, uh, you know Brooks and Company. Those guys do a fantastic job of bringing these college basketball, you know, tournaments to town. You had the Maui Invitational that got lost a little bit between Maui and Asheville, North Carolina last year. Came back to Vegas at the Mandalay Bay. That was fantastic, and everything else that was going on had another tournament going on at the Orleans, and uh, it, it was great. It was fantastic. But Friday night, Duke 
defeating Gonzaga 84-81 and knocking off the number one Zags uh, was phenomenal. And the first half was probably one of the greatest halves of college basketball that you saw. Second half got a little bit sloppy, but the electricity in the building and really for Las Vegas fans or anyone who was in the building to see Coach K up close and personal, basically in his swan song. This is it for Coach K. Mike Krzyzewski, he's retiring at the end, and you just kind of had that feeling that Duke was going to show up big, even though they were a nine-point underdog in this game to Gonzaga, and probably should not have been a nine-point underdog, but a fantastic performance by Duke. They have a star-studded class. This team is back. They're for real. Gonzaga, they just reloaded. They're, they look strong. Uh, Holmgren, the kid out of Minnesota, the seven-footer, uh, he was fantastic. Got in a little bit of foul trouble. Banchero from Duke. <sighs> wow. Great college basketball game. If you were part of it, you got a chance to witness it. Fantastic. Uh, it, it was great being there uh, there on Friday night for one of the best college basketball games. But like I said, I wasn't sure exactly how well attended this is going to be. Thanksgiving, you know, neutral court. But, man, it was packed. In kudos uh, to a fantastic uh, performance, and then of course you know T-Mobile Arena, fantastic for anything that they do there. You know, as we know, whether it's boxing, UFC, college basketball, the Golden Knights, great venue, and it really is becoming one of the marquee venues in all of America. Saturday, we fast forward forty-five college football games on the docket, right? Oh, highlighted by Michigan defeating Ohio State, yes. Talked about on the best bets. Plus seven with Michigan. No problem. My man, Double B. Brian Bettis, we'll talk to him on Friday at the Cosmopolitan. We'll be back there. He was in the house. He was on the sidelines of the big house representing us. 42-27, go big blue. They knock off Ohio State, giving them their second loss. Thank goodness. I am done talking about Ohio State. Thank goodness now. So get rid of them. All right. Talking about how Oregon knocked them off. You can't knock off Michigan. So let's rid ourselves of talking about the Ohio State Buckeyes getting in the playoff. Good night, Irene. See you later. And Michigan, all of a sudden, now they thrust themselves, you know, into the forefront here of the college football playoff uh, as they defeat Ohio State and soundly beat Ohio State. Numchuck, what are you playing? What, what do you. It's the victors. It is the victors, okay? But if you're going to play the victors, you have to play. Forget that nonsense. you got to play Hail to the Victors. you got to play the Big Blue Fight Song if you're going to do it. All right? If we're going to do it, we're going to do it right. There you go. There you go. i got no crowd behind this or whatever, huh? There you go. Wait a minute. Hold on. Is that Quake wearing blue in the back of that, of that, that tuba line? Is that Quakester? Remember, Quakester was a fine tuba player. Even though he wore the scarlet and gray, not of Ohio State, but of UNLV. I don't know how you look in blue and gold. All right. Yes. So uh, Michigan takes care of Ohio State. Then we go Alabama-Auburn in the Iron Bowl. Alabama, a four-overtime victory there, 24-22. The Tide barely gets by, trailed throughout this entire game. And think about this. Heading to about 6 o'clock Saturday night, we were looking at number two, Ohio State, bye-bye. Number three, Alabama, bye-bye. And then all of a sudden, 
We got to wait for Bedlam with Oklahoma, Oklahoma State. That's another story for so many reasons in, in itself. But Alabama hangs on. Cincinnati crawls up into the top four now. Their season pretty much done, even though they do have a championship game, which they'll roll coming up on Saturday. So, yeah, great college football uh, You know, on Saturday. Is you had 45 games on Saturday with that happening. And then Saturday afternoon, we go back to basketball. And at the Thomas and Mack Center, we had UCLA roll over UNLV 73-51. to It was just one of those things where UNLV played well against Michigan earlier in the week at T-Mobile. Played really well against Wichita State. Should have won that game. And then, like I said, sandwiched in there a 45-point blowout over Whittier uh, just to get their legs back and, and get an easy victory and get all the guys in the game. But then UCLA comes to town, and UCLA clamped down the defense. Their size was too much there at the Thomas and Mack Center, and UCLA gets the victory. It's great to see my good friend Tracy Murray, who's on the broadcast for the UCLA Bruins Radio Network, as we know. 73-51, Bruins win. And then we come to Sunday, and we get... Plenty of drama in the NFL. Cincinnati beats Pittsburgh. They roll over them 41-10. New England takes care of Tennessee. They uh, they blast them 36-13. The Tampa Bay uh, Buccaneers, they come from behind to beat Indianapolis 38-31. The Packers, as an underdog, which was shockingly enough, why were they an underdog? They beat the Rams 36-28. Our man, the G-Man, Gilby, he was back at Lambeau Field for that. So we had coverage everywhere. Niners finally win a game at home, keep their streak alive, uh, 34-26 over the Vikes, help out the pack there, and then Baltimore defeats Cleveland in a crazy game last night, 16-10. So, great weekend of sports, whether it was football, basketball, whatever it was, uh, great stuff. All right, we've got all that. I told you, I got a lot to say. And then we got the breaking news. Of Lincoln Riley, right? Unbelievable what happens there as Lincoln Riley leaves Oklahoma for USC. All right? Uh, Oklahoma has now lost uh, several recruits. They lost their starting quarterback, Spencer Rattler, who started the season as the Heisman Trophy favorite. He gets replaced during the Texas game. All right? And now he said, I'm out of here. Well, Lincoln Riley... Pulled a fast one on the University of Oklahoma. Nobody saw this coming in Norman, Oklahoma. The people in Oklahoma had to find out about this via Twitter. That's how crazy this story was. Now think about this. you got to remember, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, both 10-1 and one coming into this game, and especially after Ohio State lost, both of these teams, the winner of this game, was put right back in to the college football playoff conversation. And Oklahoma, even though they were an underdog in this game, many people thought, okay, they own Oklahoma State. They have just dominated them in recent years. I mean, Mike Gundy, the coach of Oklahoma, I think he's won two. He's like 2-14 and 14 or something like that. It's ridiculous what his record is. Horrendous. But the game was in Stillwater. The game was back and forth. And Oklahoma had numerous opportunities here. And what do we find out the very next day? Lincoln Riley, head coach of Oklahoma after the loss, gone. He had already talked to USC people. And they were just waiting for this contract to be signed. And then he decided to say, hey, I'm taking a couple of my coaches. So he kept this under lock and key 
People in Oklahoma upset. Players upset. Didn't even bother really meeting with his team after the fact here. He's coached his last game. He's done. He's done. He's in Los Angeles today holding a press conference, taking over the head job at USC. I mean, a lot of layers to this story. Now, you ask yourself, okay, is this the right thing to do? Is it the cool thing to do? Probably not. I mean, this is Lane Kiffin-esque, you know, between Lane Kiffin saying, I'm out of here at one one place. Another time where USC fired him on the tarmac. But this is the ruthless nature of college football. But when you have all of those kids that you have recruited and basically promised them that you were going to be there for four years, at least four years, and now you've got guys like Spencer Rattler has three years of eligibility left. Another young quarterback and all these other players that you just recruited and these incoming kids that you were going to have. Now nah, I'm gone. I'm gone. That's it. So Oklahoma has a narrow loss. So now they're out of the playoff conversation. Still going to go to a major bowl game, probably a New Year's Day game. And now they've got no coach. So what's going to happen? Bob Stoops. The former coach who Lincoln Riley replaced when Stoops decided to, to retire and step down, he's going to come back in, and he's now going to coach the bowl game here. And Oklahoma's scrambling to find a coach now. And they're trying to save their commitments from their recruits. Half a dozen Oklahoma Sooner players have already decommitted. Now for USC, major coup. Because now all of a sudden, USC is relevant again. They're going to get themselves a fantastic coach. But, and we'll dive into this, you know, as this story continues to progress and we talk more college football in the next couple of weeks and then next year as well, too. But remember, Lincoln Riley, he's only 38 years old. He's a young head coach, first time head coach, took over for Bob Stoops. He had Bob Stoops' recruits. He doesn't have a whole bunch of talent over at USC. I, I changed that. There are, there's talent at USC, but not these five star recruits like Stoops had, and just rolling over there in Oklahoma. SC's been in some turmoil for some time. The Clay Helton era didn't go well. USC wants a high-profile coach. USC has not been relevant since Pete Carroll left. Took the job with the Seahawks. And a lot of people thought Lincoln Riley, once he left Oklahoma, if he left Oklahoma, it would probably be for the Dallas Cowboys. He'd probably be in the NFL. Probably he's a Texas native. He would go coach for Jerry Jones because we know Mike McCarthy isn't going to be there very long. Oh, by the way, Mike McCarthy Mike McCarthy has COVID now, by the way. Not going to coach Thursday. <laughs> Craziness all around. So that gets us back to Dallas and gets us back to the Raiders. But Numchuck, you have breaking news? You have more breaking news? Go ahead. I just want to know how it's 20 minutes after the show, yeah. after Thanksgiving. Yes. And you have not mentioned food once. Yeah. <laughs> if I did that, it, it would kill the rest of the segment and we would not get to any Raider sound. So I don't know. I did have a burger today. I did go to Freddy's. I don't know if you saw my post. Okay. And, and thank goodness. Can you know how I feel about Thanksgiving? Okay. Well, I'll throw it out there. You, you ask, you request. People want to hear about my food ventures. Yes. I had great food when I was in Sacramento, but I was in a short trip at Sacktown. So I had to squeeze in three meals. So I had to actually do like a double dinner 
or like a double lunch. I had to get my JR's Texas barbecue with my ribs and my pulled pork. And then I got the call from my buddy and said, hey, meet me. I got to meet with you too. So I had to go get my steak tacos. So within an hour and a half, I had ribs. I had my fantastic pulled pork sandwich and steak tacos. You're killing me, Small. Oh, yeah. It was killing me too. Yeah. So that was Wednesday. All right. And oh, by the way, uh, on on when was it earlier? No, it was Tuesday when I landed. I immediately had to have more steak tacos from Dos Coyotes. Yes, a healthier version. There's there's plenty. Of, you saw it. Yeah, yeah. Pl- plenty of uh, lettuce and greens in there. Anyway, so I had to jam in three of my favorite spots, and I had to veto several others because again, the food tour was cut short. It was the mini food tour. So then. I come back, get home for Thanksgiving, and you know what I had to do? I had to grill my dogs because I had to watch, okay? I had to watch the game, the, the morning game, all right? That Lions-Bears game. I don't know why I was watching that. And then watching like the first half of the, of the Raiders and the Cowboys game. But then I was summoned over to, do I say this? You know, the, the future, how do I say it? The future in-laws, future daughter-in-laws. Uh, yeah. Thank you. So I had to make an appearance. So what is on the menu there? Smoked turkey. Deep fried turkey. Smoked brisket. uh, Corn. Mac and cheese. I mean, you know how I feel about mac and cheese. Not a fan. I'm not a fan of Thanksgiving, as you know. That's why I grill the dogs with the grilled onions, which you saw the pictures of, okay? I always said, I'm going to fill myself up with that. But then I got this spread. I got this spread of about 20 items. And I said, well, I can't be rude, right? I have to partake in the food. So I did. I dabbled a little smoked turkey. Saying I stayed away from the, the fried turkey. Had to have the smoked brisket. Because I said to, to Jolton Joe, uh, who who's cooking over there, I said, you got a smoker here? He goes, yeah, I had the smoker. Because I started smoking this on, on Tuesday. And I thought about that. Started smoking the brisket. Started smoking the, the turkey on Tuesday. And then smoked it again before the Raider game. So I don't know if that's a good sign or not. I don't know if that's, that's good smoking etiquette or not. But after I loaded up, it's okay. I got home at night. It was over for me. I was done. I was violently ill. I don't know if I'm blaming the smoker, if I'm blaming the smoked brisket, the smoked turkey. I don't know if I'm blaming just the conglomerate of foods that I had. <laughs> Please. I don't want to relive late night, Thursday night, or Friday morning. I was violently ill, Chuck. Was done. And you know what was on my mind? I said, I got to get ready for Gonzaga Duke. I got to get ready. That's it. That's all I was thinking about. 7.30. I got to be at T-Mobile Arena. I've got to get well. I pumped down about 12 propels, all right, to get back. And after being violently ill, no sleep, numerous trips to the latrine or whatever you want to say, because I don't get sick. I am saying it's food poisoning. I got food poisoned. So you're halfway like Seinfeld, you know. Right. The streak. The, right, right, right. You broke the streak after the cookie. I broke the streak. Thank you. Was that George or was that Kramer? Was that? 
That was Jerry. It was Jerry. It was Jerry. It was Jerry. Had correct. the black and white cookie. The black and white cookie did it. Everybody it, loves the black, the black and, and white, white cookie. cookie. Exactly. Yeah. Don't forget that cinnamon kabaka or babka or whatever it is too. You got to love that. Yeah. Wait in line for that. So anyway, yeah, I was done. I thought I was done for a while. So what happens? I recover. I'm okay. Back to the meals. Freddy's jalapeno pepper jack burger today. You like that? Yeah, I'm good, man. I'm good. Had a steak last night, too. So there's my food venture. There it is. All right. Raider talk? You want some Raider talk? All right. We're going to get into Heidi Fang with Raider talk in a minute. But let's, uh, let's hear. Let's hear from the coach, Rich Basacha, as the Raiders get that victory 36-33 on Thanksgiving. Exciting uh, for the men in that room to, to um, keep competing to the bitter end and um, come out on the winning end of, of that thing. It was, you know, I'd, I'd say you look at it and it's very comparable both teams. You know, we had some explosive plays and gave up some explosive plays. They had some explosive plays and gave up some explosive plays. And, and uh, there was turnovers, you know, basically going through that. Um, we, we gave a big play in the kicking game and then we came back and played really well um, in the punt game. I think we downed them inside the 20 um, four times. And then on their two-point conversion, John makes a big tackle down there on Really good play by them, and, and um, you know, it just gets itself in overtime, and, and we converted when we needed to, and I thought we ran the ball better at the end of the game and, and uh, just gave ourselves multiple chances, obviously, to kick a, a winning field goal, and um, the 56-yard obviously was big. Protection was good on all that. So we ended up on the winning end today. Really excited for the, the effort and, and um, that they've been putting in here now for the last month, and, and uh, we haven't come up on the winning side for a few of these, and, and they did today. So, again, really excited for the men in there um, and the way in which they played throughout the entire game. Uh, so it's good to get a win. Raiders really flipped the script. Uh, going to Dallas, get a much-needed victory, break a three-game losing streak. Daniel Carlson, 29-yard field goal in overtime after Anthony Brown's fourth pass interference call. And uh, the Raiders had a third and 18, and then here comes the P.I. call, the penalty uh, Carlson nails the field goal and uh, the Raiders win. Oh, and by the way, uh, the Dallas Cowboys jumped off sides on two successive plays. I mean, this was one of the sloppiest games I've seen. I wouldn't call it a good game. The Raiders got a victory. The Raiders were sloppy. The Cowboys were more sloppy. How does one individual have four pass interference calls? That's pathetic. Is that why Mike McCarthy is sick now? Is that why he has COVID? That is atrocious. And they got a short week. They got to play the Saints on Thursday. McCarthy's not going to be able to coach. This team was horrible. 276 yards in penalties. 166 for the Cowboys. 110 for the Raiders. This was an ugly football game. Here's Coach Rich Passaccia talking about the penalties. Well, I think, you know, it's the Thursday night game, and everybody has to play one, and um, it was the same thing for them, you know, and they were actually on the road, and they had to come back and do it. So I thought we had a really good week of preparation, and I think our strength conditioning coach, A.J., did a great job with our guys and, and uh, the things that we had set up ahead of time to do, and, and um, coaches on offense and defense uh, had a lot of preparation going into the game, going into the week of practice, what we were going to do, how we were going to handle it, um, and I commend our guys. We, we stayed a little bit later on Monday night, and we shortened the week as we got going, and, and uh, I thought they, they look fresh and they, they played to the bitter end with really good energy. All right, Rich Pisaccia, uh, talking about uh, the Raiders were prepped, they were ready to play, and they got the victory. The winning quarterback, Derek Carr, talking about the game, talking about the sloppiness, talking about the penalties, but the Raiders got the W. 
I mean, no one thought we were going to win this game. I mean, don't really blame you for how we played the last week, Paul. Um, but uh, but we did, and you were wrong. So uh, that, that felt good because I love you. But uh, um, I don't know. I don't rank those things. It was fun. Um, I gave, gave it my all just like I always do. We just executed better today. Um, you know, the penalties obviously helped, um, and they were legitimate things that, you know, uh, that happened. You know, we felt we kept saying, you know, they're holding, you know, if they don't hold us, we feel like we're going to hit those plays, you know what I mean? Um, so, uh, you know, I, I thought that for our whole team, everything that's going on for us to be able to bounce back, it says a lot about the football character, character of the men. And, uh, you know, that's why I believe, you know, that, that we can do, you know, keep going and make it a good run. All right, Derek Carr. The Raiders got themselves up early in this game, led at halftime, and they kept uh, moving the ball downfield, putting their pedal to the metal. When they stop them, you know, we got to be able to move it and get points. You know, whatever, and we, we always talk about it. Let's get points. We want touchdowns, but we always want to keep adding to the scoreboard, especially against that offense. You know, against this team, you you know, we scored early, and we're like, yeah, we got to. We were up fourteen. It was a six in the first quarter. So yeah, it's not going to be enough, guys. We got to we got to keep our. Uh, foot on the pedal, and obviously it came all the way down to overtime You know, in their stadium. All right, impressive performance by the Raiders, considering like we've talked about before, this team's on a losing streak. They've had to deal with the resignation of their coach, the Henry Rugg situation with the car accident, uh, going to Dallas, tough place, short week, on the road, 93,000 plus, and they get the victory. Carr talking about those things. Yeah, I think I think one thing I've tried to do this year, um, especially when Eleven was here, you know, was I, I was going to be so aggressive, um, and uh, you know, it, it leads sometimes to you don't complete as many balls, you know, uh, on a percentage chart or whatever. But to me, I just you know, I, I, Gruden used to tell me, don't ever take your arm out of the game, you know. So when we call these things, let's let's rip them, you know. And so today, you know, we felt. I, I, we saw some things on film where hopefully we get some looks. Hopefully we can get some one on ones down the field, and uh, we were able to find we were able to find some of those, you know, and have a you know an explosive day. And um, you know th- this defense, when you watch the film though, they don't they don't give many of those up, you know. So that's why I'm just so excited that our we executed at such a high level because when you watch the film, they're they're unbelievable. All right, Raiders, very happy after this game getting the victory. Josh Jacobs. Uh, was a big-time player in this game on Thursday as well, too. He talks about this win giving this team some life. Yeah, I mean, I mean, every every win feels feels amazing. Um, just just winning uh, the way we did, I mean, and overtime and with Daniel Sniper Daniel Carson hitting that field goal, it's just it, it gives us life, man. We trying to keep it going. All right, Josh Jacobs, uh, eighty-seven yards, averaged four yards a carry, had the one touchdown. Uh, uh, in this game, 22 carries, a little bit more, hearing from the happy Josh Jacobs. From the beginning of the game, we knew. Uh, we kind of knew that um, we was close to breaking big ones all day. It was just little technique stuff that we had to fin- f- uh, fix. And um, eventually, as the game go down, when they started making a couple mistakes and stuff, it just opened up. Derek Carr hit Deshaun Jackson on another long one, and uh, now looks like Deshaun Jackson is finally uh, learning the offense and uh, being a contributor. Here is his teammate Josh Jacobs talking about DJack. I mean, you see, you gotta see for yourself, man. That dude is electric. Um, it's crazy, man. I had talked to him after the game last week, and uh, I had told him, I'm like, man, we gotta find a way to get these dude the ball. 
Um, and just to see him come in and make big play after big play is, is definitely major. Yeah, now, and he looks so effortless, too. I'm like, bro, he's a big guy. And so he, that's crazy. Did you grow up a Cowboy fan growing up? At- okay. Nah, hell nah. No. no, 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 no. I actually didn't like him just because everybody in Oklahoma just about liked him. You know what I'm saying? So I was one of them, like, wasn't a big fan of him. So, yeah, my, my people don't really like him. My people are Vikings fans. So, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it was huge. Yeah, it was huge. I had 20 people here. Um, so, I mean, just just to see all my family after the game and knowing they came out and supported me and just, just that atmosphere. I haven't been in this uh, stadium since my freshman year of college. Um, so, man, it was, it was definitely a, a big booster for me. All right, Josh Jacobs recanting uh, some of his time there at Alabama and uh, you know, getting a chance to play you know, down there in uh, Texas against the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, finally, Josh Jacobs talking about uh, how Coach Rich Passaccia has done a very good job and it has everyone's attention, and now the Raiders have the league's attention after the big win. Man, one thing I can say about Passaccia is that he has the team's attention. He has, he has full control of the room. Um, a lot of the guys before he even became the head coach was he was like one of the favorite coaches, you know what I'm saying? He he um, just has everybody's respect. Um, so when he talks, a lot of people listen to him and a lot of people believe in the, in the words that he says. Um, so just to see him come out and, and still tell, uh, believing in us and telling us, like, you know, getting us going, getting us rowdy, keeping us on pace when we need to be, um, it's definitely huge for our team. All right, big victory for the Raiders, 36-33. This thing could have went south for them if they would have lost four in a row. It would have been done. And you, the players could have checked out, you know, Raiders are already looking probably for a head coach. But after, if they would have lost on Thursday, definitely. Uh, Rich Passaccia is done, and uh, th- this team would not even be thinking about making the playoffs. Now all of a sudden, a big-time road win changes the script. Uh, especially everything that's happening in the AFC West, where the, the Chargers lose again, Denver gets a victory, Chiefs, you know, still you know seven and four, not running away with things. Raiders get a big victory now, um, big 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 win for the Raiders on Thursday. All right, we come back. Heidi Fang will join us. We'll get her take. She was in Dallas, and of course, not only just from the game perspective, but we'll find out what Heidi's food tour was like too. We talked to her coming up next. More Raiders talk right here. TC Martin show on this magnificent Monday. The TC Martin show is back. Yes. Yes. What are you doing? It's just a half time. Yes. This is my favorite part of the game. TC Martin. Yes. In the face. The doctor is now in. 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 All right, we kick off another busy week here in Las Vegas. Don't forget Friday, back at the Cosmopolitan in Las Vegas. Come on by, see the show. Our Friday home, 2 to 4 p.m. And, of course, Pac-12 championship game at Allegiant Stadium, Oregon and Utah. That'll be crazy. There'll be a lot of Duck fans in town, Utes fans in town, too. So we expect another packed sportsbook there at the Cosmopolitan in Las Vegas, powered by our good friends at William Hill. Don't forget, get the William Hill mobile app and use that promo code TC50 for $50 free in your uh, mobile account when you open a brand new account. That's right. Just use the promo code TC50 at any William Hill sportsbook. And again, come on, see the show live at the Cosmopolitan of Las Vegas each and every Friday, 2 to 4 p.m. All right, talking a busy, busy Thanksgiving. And of course, the Raiders get the victory. So you heard from Rich Passaccia, Derek Carr, Josh Jacobs, and now you hear probably from 
the best person to ever get behind a microphone or in front of a camera, <laughs> the one and only Heidi Fang. <laughs> Well, that's all the intro I need right there. Yeah, Michael Jackson playing. That's enough. Talking with T.C. Martin. Woo! The way you hype me, I'm a hype man. That's it. Let's go. You know what? We need Heidi. <laughs> we need Heidi Fang. Numbchuck. I mean, you're falling asleep at the wheel again. Get Heidi Fang on a rejoiner, all right? Can you get Heidi to cut a rejoiner for us? Yeah, there it is, all right? And you, you hook up with her, have your people contact her people, <laughs> and, and you get her to do a drop. Heidi, it's not a problem, is it, right? Let's go. Right? Deal. Yeah. Yeah. There it is. All right. I mean, I, I, on it. Let's I, go. I, I, I run into this girl enough. I mean, knock her over <laughs> and everything. Yeah. There it is. All right. Okay. Only that one time. That's it. This is true. All right. Uh, breaking news, ladies and gentlemen. Here we go. We got to go back. We're going to go flashback to the breaking news. We're going back to Thursday. And that was Heidi Fang in Dallas roaming the parking lot at Jerry's World. All right, Heidi, we're going to talk about the game. But, of course, as you know, being Thanksgiving, you did promise us that you would have a food report from the tailgaters there in Dallas to the press box to the concession stands to, who knows, the Raiders bus on the way to the airport. What can you tell us about the Dallas Thanksgiving Day food? I can tell you I failed UTC because Uh, I stopped at the first place that had turkey and tricep, and I just got there and ate. Because they had turkey and tri-tip, and it was really good. And I said, like, I don't need to go nowhere else. I got what I need right here. Okay. And so I, I, I stayed with them. And then they had watermelon. They had watermelon? Is that what you're telling me? They had watermelon? Yeah. Really? They had watermelon. Yeah, with the tahin. Was J- you know, was, was the- J.B. Smoove or Larry David there? I don't know if you've seen the, uh, what, no. the latest Curb Your Enthusiasms. <laughs> it's a great watermelon episode. If you haven't seen it, you've you got to go see it, Heidi. I know exactly what you're talking about, and I will no further <laughs> talk about that on this show before we go down another rabbit hole. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Always. There it is. All right. Oh, That's geez. my show. Of course it is. There it is. Oh, jeez. Maybe we get we get a Heidi have an appearance on, on Curb. I mean, we can get her oh. in there. Yeah. yeah. I know how it would happen, but that would be a dream. I, I would not. Well, you would not be one of these uh, starlets that we see week in and week out where Larry thinks he actually has a shot of dating. I don't understand how Larry <laughs> thinks he gets these young chicks, Heidi. I don't know. You'd have to stand up to him and say, Larry, you got no shot. <laughs> it's just all about the swagger, man. Because, I mean, you know, for him, all he has to be like is, hey, I'm Larry David, you know. Hey, exactly. You know, exactly. Red carpets roll out. Angels start trumpeting. <laughs> but you, all of these things happen. Yeah, but you go, hey, I'm Heidi Fang. I'm all over the place. All right. <laughs> so I got no pictures from you, from the food. Again, you, you let me down again. Uh, with, with no pictures. Okay, but the tri-tip was good. Uh, pretty cool. All right, so let me ask you this, though. You've now been to Jerry's World. You've been to SoFi yes. Stadium. All right, yes. you've been to, a, obviously, Allegiant Stadium. So you've been to three of the, you know, the NFL hierarchy stadiums, all right? And uh, being totally objective here, uh, give us the ranking in, in who wins Stadium of, uh, of the NFL. Of the newer ones? Yeah. Or just in general? Of these three that we're talking about. Of the three that we're talking about, Jerry World. Really? Okay. And I think that that would be the favorite. That's okay. That'd be probably the the two to one favorite. 
<laughs> I'm not always about bigger's better either. It's like, you know, what kind of ambiance is there? What kind of amenities are there? How is the presentation look overall? And, uh, you know, well, Heidi, he, like you say, I mean, you're, it's not all about size, it's how you use the size, right? That's what you always say. Anyway, and then, ba- you have, <laughs> and you have, and you have the, uh, the you know facilities and how people use the facilities. <laughs> then you got you got you know what do the players kind of have their amenities? These are things that I weigh in when I make my final decisions. What size is the press conference room, and how close is it to where I need to work? Yes. See, it comes back to size again. There, food. Yeah, absolutely. Carpet. Right, carpets are good. Exactly. Yeah. Be good on the bunions. Got to be good on the bunions. Can't be on cement. I would definitely go Jerry World Allegiant SoFi. SoFi is my least favorite of the new ones. Okay, so Mm -hmm. why? And and SoFi is the newest. Well, both Allegiant and SoFi are basically built the same time, but SoFi a lot more. You know, double uh, the expense. Of Allegiant. All right. You want to talk about the football game? Let's talk about the football game. All sure. right. So here, here, here's the deal, Leo. Okay. The Raiders come into this game. They're, they lost three straight. The AFC now really looks to be wide open, especially with the 17-game schedule. There's going to be many opportunities now for multiple teams to you know create this log jam as we get inch closer to the playoffs. And the Raiders really help themselves out here because they've jumbled up. Uh, the pack here with this win. It's funny how the switch can go on just like that for this team where they've lost three in a row. They seem like, okay, they could be on the brink of disaster for the season and the season could be going south. But did you get the sense after the game and then hearing the players and and then seeing them that it's like, whoa, it, it, this the script just flipped now, and all of a sudden there's some rejuvenation that happened here in Dallas. Well, yeah, and I think part of it is that we've seen the Raiders play up to the level of the competition, you know, and they knew and expected a tough game, and they actually played, you know, pretty uh, impressive, especially when you consider Darren Waller getting hurt before the second half starts, um, how they were able to improvise there. The running game getting going was huge. Uh, yeah, Josh Jacobs on the ground for 22 carries, 87 yards. And that was so needed. Um, the Raiders weren't able to get that going in previous games. And you saw, like, Derek Carr in one of those games having 18 yards and being the leading rusher on the team. That can't happen if you're going to make, uh, you know, actual um, a, a play down the road for the playoffs. So, I mean, you know, just. You can't you can't do that. You can't let that happen. So now they're still in the playoff picture here at six and five on the outside looking in, but they're still in the mix. Yeah, they're definitely, you know, in the mix. And again, you know, when you look at this team, you just didn't know where they were going. They've been highly inconsistent. Uh and again, I don't know if you can actually pinpoint the inconsistency because they're really an impossible team to handicap. I mean, they're very, very unpredictable. Mm-hmm. You figured, okay, they're going to show up big against Cincinnati. They're going to take care of business. And they're really non-competitive for the better part of, of the second half and all of the fourth quarter in that game. They don't show up the game against the Bears. Uh, the Giants game, we've talked about that before. And then here with the Cowboys, you expect them to put forth an effort, but you figure Dallas's talent and home field, Thanksgiving Day, short week, that's all going to play into the advantage of the Cowboys. And, and the Raiders basically led wire to wire here. So, 
again, it's it's a hard team to figure out. Can you pinpoint this team on on what to expect next? Well, yeah, that's tough. You know, you think about the Washington football team and you're a four-win team. But then again, you look at what the Giants were when the Raiders faced them, and they didn't have too many wins on record either. So it's like you think about, you know, that thought of a trap game. Is it a trap game? You know, it always gets in the back of your head, especially when you've seen this team play against these East Coast teams, but generally on the East Coast, and they don't do well. Um, but this one's here at Allegiant, so that gives them a you know boost up in that respect. Um, I, I think that the quarterback play of the Redskins should be something that the Raiders can somehow defensively take advantage of. I also see that you know the the Reds excuse me football team has a uh, has a really that's, that's quite right. I mean, it just sounds stupid when you say football team, but that's okay. We 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 know where you're going. We, we know where you're going. 30 to 40 years, 40 huh? right. years of knowing him. It's hard. You know, I'm sorry about that. No problem. Um, I'm not, but, yeah, I'm not so offended. You get, in, you get into it and, and you think about um, the defensive front that the football team has. And <laughs> they, there's something, they're pretty, you know, they're pretty solid. They're pretty good. So it's like you have to think about how the Raiders' offensive line can hold up against that. And that's been something that's always been in flux, too. You talk about wanting to get consistency and have the team develop and be able to um, press, you know, uh, the way that they want to, to to have this running game be so effective. Well, you have to start up front with the offensive line to have that be the push that helps the running backs, right? So it's all one thing feeds the other. And can this offensive line maintain the, you know, form that they had in this previous game against Dallas to be able to give the running game that extra push that it needs to be successful. Raiders still having the penalty issues, Heidi. I mean, both teams. I mean, mm-hmm. it was insane. I mean, 276 four yards. Hour game, exactly four-hour game. Ooh. And is that counting or not counting the elongated halftime show? And who was that halftime show? I know we had what, Big Sean in Detroit. Who, who was it in Dallas? There was a guy... Um, and he played music with the guitar. Oh, that's I it. Think. It was just a guy. I, Here, no, ladies and gentlemen, here's here's a guy playing music. Numbchuck will be all over it. Don't worry about that. You uh, say country. I say Johnny Cash. And then there's a period. I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't know what that means, but that's quite all right. Uh, penalties still an issue down, here for this down, team. Down the uh, burning ring of fire. What the hell are you talking but, about, Johnny? I don't, I don't, I don't give you either. I love it though. You want That's to, all I got. You want to spit it on me? I want to talk about penalties, and you want to talk about Johnny. But I'll go. I'll go. I'll go that. You want to go full some prison blues? I'll do that. You know Johnny Cash. No problem. That's it. That's where I grew up. Not in the prison, but next to it. There you go. Um, yeah. Who who performed at halftime at the game? Tom. Was, who? That's, I had a blurting effect oh. because I remembered his last name. Who? Uh, there's a country guy, and his last name was something Combs. Luke Maybe Combs. Luke? Luke Combs. Luke Thank Combs. You. Who's he play for? I never heard of Luke Combs. Yeah. I've heard of Roderick Coombs. You know who that is? That's Roddy Roddy Piper. I was. There you go. All right, Heidi Fang. 
right. Heidi Fang, she was there. She's in Dallas. And guess what? She now gets to stay home for a week, get ready for the Washington football team. And Heidi, so when you got home, did you have time to have a post-Thanksgiving meal with the family? Uh, Did the hubby cook something? Did he uh, bring out the old stale leftovers for you? Did you go out to dinner? Or did you have a box of cereal when you got home on Friday? Tell me what happened. (laughs) So Jerry World did put out a nice spread for all of the working media. They had, uh, you know, let's see. They had uh, ham. They had turkey. They had stuffing. And, standard and they stuffing should have ham. They should have ham. For, us, for those of us don't like turkey, they should always have ham. Always as a solid substitute. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Aw. <laughs> and then they had uh, they had the pecan pie that I did not get to sample because it was all gone when I got there. They had apple and pumpkin. They had these, like, chocolate deals that uh, looked like some fluffy meringue thing on top, and then, like, a custard chocolate thing, and and then they had, like, a cookie on the outside, and then they had, on top, they had uh, some salad, and then they had some, there was more food. I think There's she's got a better s- description of that than she does the, that, that fourth down, uh, you know, the, the the final drive of the Raiders in overtime. Look at that. I mean, look at the notes, <laughs> the mental notes of Heidi Fang takes when it comes to food. Amazing. That's Potatoes. It. I wanted to do my, my groundwork for you, TC. You did, I did. And then, and then after that, we got a, uh, we got uh, a, ooh, I forgot. There's a second round of food, and there was like some hot dogs and stuff. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, I didn't get the second round of food because I was, you know, editing my, my work to yeah. get it in yeah. on time. All right. Well, it sounds like and then, you heard him bad. That's good. <laughs> so long story short, that was all served before the game. And at the end, I went back to the hotel and it was like 12 hours later, so I was still hungry. So I capped off my Thanksgiving with a delicious cup of noodles, courtesy of the gift shop at the hotel, and a bag of Doritos. She went back to the hotel. Okay, I got gotcha. you. All right. All right, Heidi. Thank you very much. Okay. We will see you this weekend at Allegiant Stadium for the Raiders and the Washington football team. Awesome. And uh, I'll, I'll see you at the buffet line, all right? And don't try Washington to – football team. Yeah. That's it. I'll, 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 uh, don't beat me over to the desserts, okay? Save me some desserts. All right. You bet. I will be here for you on it. There she is, Heidi Fang. Catch her at the Las Vegas Review Journal.com. She's got stories galore and also Raider Nation Radio in the mornings with my man Clay Baker. Go check him out, right? Check it out. All right, girl. Take care. Thanks for joining us. Hey, thank you. Glad to be here. You got it. There he is, Heidi Fang, doing her thing. We come back. Kevin Kruger, UNLV basketball next.